Chapter 5, verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Now, every believer is to be an imitator of God in every aspect. We ought to act like God in every area of our lives. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness and or, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which is joking, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Now listen, fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, joking, shouldn't be heard of among God's people. We are not to be partakers of unrighteousness. We are the light of the world, and we are to live our lives according, accordingly. Paul identifies the fruit of light. He marks out those characteristics which always accompany light. And that is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And if you apply these characteristics to your life, you will have a life that is acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Look at verse number 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever do it make manifest is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Now, we are not to have any part in any ungodly activities, but rather reprove them. In other words, we are to convict them. How do we convict sinners? Here it is. The light of a believer's life rebukes the works of darkness. Did you get that? The light of a believer's life rebukes the works of darkness. All right. Verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, every believer is to walk wisely, making the best use of our time, for we are living in a terrible time. We are living in a time or day where sin is constantly on the horizon. Our walk ought to reveal the urgency of the hour and the importance of living for God. Paul lets us know that wisdom gives us the understanding of what the will of the Lord is. It is imperative that we be wise children of God. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns 
and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We are not to be filled up with wine, but rather be filled with the Spirit, filling ourselves up with God on a daily basis by speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And we are to always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, our relationship with God should grow, should grow closer and stronger every day. And then he instructs us to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, you hardly ever hear a Christian husband quoting Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. We must submit to each other. This includes husbands and wives submitting to one another. There is to be a mutual submission within every marriage. Look at verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives even that as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I believe that love and submission works hand in hand. Jesus set the tone for his relationship with the church. He sold love and submission. He sold love and submission by leaving his throne in glory, coming all the way down, bypassing the angels to the earth, and took on a form of flesh. He suffered in the flesh so that he could feel what we feel. That is why he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. His infinite love for us caused him to prefer us over himself. Our sins that he bared caused him temporary separation from the Father, which was the most painful experience he had to endure. So painful so that he cried in the garden, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, your will be done. He submitted to the will of the Father. And because he submitted to the will of the Father, he was able to sow sacrificial love. He was able to endure all the agony of sufferings for us. Jesus loves us. He cherishes us. He nourishes us. He adores us. He gave his life for us. He protects us. And he preferred us over himself. Now, what did he reap? He sold all this. What did he reap? 
are he what is it that he that he is continuing to reap? Paul says here in verse 24 that the church is subject unto Christ. Now, what does that mean? It means that the church in turn loves him, cherishes him, adores him, prefers him above everything else. And many Christians have even given their lives for him. Many have died for the faith. Jesus continues to love us. He continues to cherish us, to, to adore us, to protect us. He intercedes constantly to the Father on our behalf. And we, the church, in turn, continues to love, to cherish, to adore, and to reverence him. What an awesome relationship. Jesus and the church is the pattern for Christian marriages. I say Jesus and the church is the pattern for Christian marriages. The husband, like Jesus, must set the tone in the married relationship. He must, first of all, submit to the will of the father. By submitting to the will of the father, he will be able to love his wife with a sacrificial love. Every Christian husband must sow sacrificial love and submission. Now, how do we do this? Hmm? How do we do this? We do this by being selfless. We must prefer our wives over ourselves. We must love, cherish, nourish, adore, protect, willing to give our lives if need be for, for our wives. We are to always put them before ourselves. And if we do these things, husbands, we will reap. How will we reap? Our wives in turn will submit themselves unto us. In other words, they will in turn love us, cherish us, nourishes, adores us, and reverence us. Always remember that you will always reap whatever you sow. Husband, if you sow and continue to sow the same things that Jesus continues to sow concerning the church to your wife, you will constantly reap from your wife the same things Jesus are constantly reaping from his bride, the church. Jesus and the church is the pattern for Christian marriages. Now, let's look at the phrase, for the husband is the head of the wife. In what way? In what way? It is a love relationship, and the husband is to be the head for the sake of order. We see this clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, which says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now notice that God the Father is the head of Jesus Christ. This clearly shows here that headship deals rather with order. Jesus Christ is equal to the Father in every aspect. They are one. By the same token, the husband is the head of the wife for the sake of order. But they are equal in every aspect. They are one. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. You got to get that. Did you get it? If you didn't, rewind and listen to it again. It is imperative that husbands and wives understand the true pattern for their relationship. 